So how are the beloved doing this glorious day? Pray well. Amen? You know that's what you are. You're family, so you're beloved. You're beloved by the Lord. You're beloved by me as well. Great to see everybody. If you turn this morning uh, to the mighty Word of God, to the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, we'll pick up in the tenth verse, the first in a series on spiritual warfare, and this particular passage, we're going to be looking at our adversary, our enemy, the commander of the enemy forces. If you've walked with the Lord for any period of time, you know that this world is absolutely not a playground, it's a battleground, amen? We are in a war, and it's a declared war, by the way. It's not a police action. There's a real enemy, real enemy forces, and they mean to do you harm. And so this morning we're going to expose who our enemy is. I think it's important, and most of you have some sense of that when you look at our country, when you look at the world around us. Our military budget, approximately one-third of it is spent on a singular thing, and that's military intelligence. The budget of the CIA. Very, very, very... Infrequently, it's even known, but the Central Intelligence Agency, that big group of people that's down there in Foggy Bottom in D.C., those buildings, if you go in there, they can't tell you what's there. If you go there, they've got to kill you. Some $44 billion a year is spent on the CIA. Intelligence is important. You need to know your enemy. And I can tell you from the beating I've taken this week, the enemy does not want you to know the enemy. Not happy about it when he gets exposed. But his word is clear. He wants to kill you. He's declared war on the believers. I will make my throne like the Most High God. He aims to remove and replace Jesus, if he can. So this morning, spiritual warfare, part one, your adversary. Let's pray. Father, we've come to be prepared, to be built up, to be girded up. Lord, and we thank you. The greater is he who's in us than he who's in this world. And we declare that. We don't shy away from the fight. We're in to win. And so, Lord, we pray that you would now take your word, make it alive to us, instruct us, encourage us, strengthen us. Lord, we need your strength in these days. Bless us as we study your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 10 here in Ephesians 6, this final chapter, the final half. And finally, my brethren, notice it doesn't say be strong in you. It doesn't say be strong in books. It doesn't say be strong in church. It doesn't say be strong in seeking counsel from other people. It says be strong in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Too many Christians are not strong in the Lord. They're strong in all kinds of other stuff. they got accountability partners coming out their ears. But they're not strong in the Lord. And consequently what follows, and in the power of His might, If you want to be strong, you want to be strong in the power of His might, because His might is sufficient for you. 
His might is sufficient for me. His might is sufficient for all things, always, in all places. And so be strong in his might. And it goes on now, and we'll just lightly touch on this. We'll look at it in further detail later. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of, notice he's named, the devil. The devil. You want to know why we have racism in our world? The devil. Do you want to know why innocent people get shot in colleges? The devil. Do you want to know why your taxes are so high? The devil. (laughs) We have a real enemy, and he's seeking to destroy you, destroy us. He comes against God. He's the devil. Name him. Know him. And he's cunning and he's crafty. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look, your mother-in-law is not the problem. (laughs) Your wayward kids, not the problem. Your husband, your wife, not the problem. Your boss, not the problem. Congress is not the problem. The devil is the problem. We, We almost talk about the devil like he doesn't exist. Some ethereal being, you know, some power. He's a real foe, and he really wants to kill you. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, the rulers of the darkness of this particular age, the age of grace. There's an opposition force. That opposition force is strong. That opposition force is also going to lose. Don't give too much power to him. But don't underestimate him either. He's a defeated foe. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, there is a world, there is a realm that's beyond the one that you exist in physically. But it's the real world that you will one day dwell in. It's eternal. In that sense, it's non-material. It's the place that your soul will reside in eternity. There is a battle that's going on. And you, like it or not, are engaged in that battle. Some of you say, well, I don't, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't go to church, because I don't want to get involved in spiritual warfare. <laughs> that's like saying, I, I wish we'd get rid of the, the military so no one will attack us. It's silly. It's foolish. You're going to get attacked. You need to be prepared for that attack. It's going to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. And he goes on then to say, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Notice he says, stand in verse 11, and now withstand in the evil day. You see, when evil comes your way, standing won't be sufficient. You need to withstand. Two different words, and they mean two different things. Standing is your position withstanding is your warfare fighting against in other words doing something about the attack that's going to come and we're going to be girded up with sufficient armor to withstand not just simply stand you see you can stand and get shot up you can stand and get beat up you can stand but god wants us to withstand repel kick out get rid of do battle with and win Having done all. 
to stand. Who is that enemy? Who is the one that's behind these forces? I, I want to give you this picture because really there is an evil trinity that exists in our world. It's three specific parts. They're listed here for you. One of them is the world itself. Because the world is against you walking right side up because it's upside down. The world itself is stacked against the believer. It's filled with evil. If you can't see that, there's something wrong with your perception. The world is not getting better. Oh, it's getting bigger. It's getting richer. But it's not getting better. And so the world, its system. First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17 gives you a picture of what that looks like. That world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I just described to you basically the tenets of this world. Mankind is engaged in that which we can lust after with our flesh, that which we can lust after with our eyes, and that which we can take pride in. Power, position, prosperity. The world. It's a real enemy. It's a real foe. And it calls out to you every day. Come buy me. Come get this. Come get that. You need this. You need that. You look at this. You lust after that. You want that. That's the world. The world is trying to draw you away from God. The second component. It's you. I'm amazed at how many Christians have spiritual stupidity in this area. You are your own worst enemy in that regard. Because you have flesh, and that flesh is weak. That flesh has the capacity still to sin. You may be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, but you walk around in a fallen body. It has the capacity to think the wrong things, do the wrong things. Amen? So you're part of the problem. You may not see it that way, but you ain't all that. <laughs> well, there's your flesh. That old redeemed part of you that came from Adam. And then finally, the focus of what I want to speak to you about, the devil himself. It actually, the name means adversary. He's the driving force. He's like the master of the opposition forces. He's the commander and you have to know who he is, you have to know where he is, and you have to know what he can do. If you don't know that, then you walk in this world, in essence, blindly. And you bump into stuff. You travel to Israel with us, we'll go to the Golan, providing there's not an active war there. But the Israelis have, have mined that whole section of their boundary with Syria and there's all these yellow and red signs and it says danger you'll be blown into little tiny bits actually doesn't say that it says you'll die why so they don't want you walking in there inadvertently to walk into those minefields is to trust that you know better that all those mines are actually not there. You don't want to walk in the minefield of this world. You better be wary, because the enemy has planted mines everywhere, and the Holy Spirit can tell you where. 
You see, you have a real enemy. He wants to kill you. That enemy has many names. And I want to look at these because they're, they're telling about his character. Number one, the devil's name, when you say devil, it has a very specific meaning. It's found there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 11. It means accuser. And if you remember, there was a time when the devil stood before God. The book of Job records that for us and actually accused Job before God. He's still doing that. He's still saying to you, about you, to anyone who will listen, oh, you know, they don't really love God. You just take away their stuff and they'll walk away. He's the accuser. He also accuses your friends. He accuses your family. So when you have an argument with your spouse, I guarantee you, behind the scenes, the enemy is going, you know, she's always been like that. (laughs) He'll never change. He's just a scumbag. He's always going to be a scumbag. That's the enemy saying the power of God is not sufficient to change your husband. He's an accuser. Secondarily, his name Satan literally means adversary. He's directly opposed to everything God does. If God does A, Satan does B. Don't miss this. There's someone who doesn't want you to grow in Christ. There's someone who, you ever noticed how your kids turn into demons on Sunday morning? You get up, all of a sudden they can't find... There's not one whole pair of shoes in the entire house. The dog has eaten your car keys more than once. Just all hell breaks loose in your home. It's because the adversary has come. Well, if I can just keep them from church, if I can just keep them from worshiping God, if I can just keep them fighting with each other, you get in the car and all of a sudden... You know, you're, you're totally tweaked about some meaningless thing. That's the enemy. The adversary is telling you, look, get in a fight. He's also called Abaddon or Apollyon, which means destroyer, destruction. Boy, can you not see his work throughout the world. How can someone be stimulated to put barrels of chlorine inside of a helicopter and dump them on innocent women and children? That is the destroyer. How can young children be playing in their front yard and be gunned down? That's the destroyer. That's the enemy of your souls. To what he does. He's always done these same things. His methods, his tactics really have not changed. You see, we, we almost become ignorant. He's the angel of the bottomless pit. And let's look at a few more things before we move on. Throughout Scripture, he's called many things. He's also called the tempter. He's the one that says, oh, sure. You know, you want to go to lunch with that guy. I mean, after all, your husband doesn't talk to you anymore. It's awful quiet in here. It's because you know I'm saying what I'm saying is true, isn't it? That's not not Jesus saying, well, I just want to bless you. That's the enemy saying, come on over here. He's the tempter. Puts those things in front of you. 
I throw a, you know, I throw a bass lure out into this section over here. Ain't none of you going to grab it. But I walk a young lady across here in a bikini, and there's a whole bunch of guys over there are going to be going, ooh. <laughs> her. Tempter. He's the murderer. He's the father of all. He's behind every murder. Every murder, Satan has stimulated somebody. He's used his minions, demons, fallen angels to speak into someone's life, their heart. Look, this is the best way, just kill them. That's how senseless violence occurs. It's a problem with the human heart. It's susceptible to the father of all lies. He's compared to a raging lion. You know, if I, if I bought, you know, Cal's dog Spot up here, we probably don't have to. He's toothless, okay? Poor Cal, he's gone to heaven, but the lion still lives. Satan's not a toothless lion. He's fully fanged, fully operational, His claws are huge, and he wants to tear you to bits. He's called the serpent. Yes, he is that same serpent. He's called the angel of light. He's called the god of this age. All these things is the enemy. And yet some people in this world, some people in this world, have a picture of Satan that looks more like this. You know, he's like the dude with the pitchfork. But he really looks, and and Daniel Craig was not harmed in the making of this PowerPoint slide. (laughs) But yeah, he comes across that way. He's not going to be some cartoon character. He's a real foe, and he's got something to offer. The kingdoms of this world. What did he say to Jesus? Satan tried to tempt Jesus with this stuff. And I'm pretty sure you're not quite as strong as the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's going to come after you. He's going to come after me. We need to ask ourselves some serious questions this morning. You see, you see this guy, who is he? He, he? He's that one who tempted in the garden. He's the one about whom Isaiah chapter 14 writes in five very succinct ways. Lucifer, son of the morning, how you're cut down, you who weakened the nations. It doesn't say you who weakened an individual. That's true. But Satan weakens the nations. He comes against the world. How far you have fallen. His character exposed. I will descend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest. I will be above the heights of the clouds. I, Lucifer said, I will be like the Most High. You see, that's his, that's his motivation. He wants to rule. He wants to reign. He desires to destroy you if he possibly can. And so he is many things. He was that serpent that was in the garden. People say, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. He's a demonic being, whether he possessed a snake, looked like a snake. Uh, In case you haven't looked, snakes don't have a tongue with which to talk. They have no lips. But I guarantee you, Satan can perform plenty of things that are miraculous. He's been doing it for a long time. So there in the garden, you you can imagine, it was not like a Disney flick. 
You know, it wasn't like Caw in Jungle Book. You know, he's real. And he knows how to speak to you so you'll listen. He knows what to say right into your experience in this world so that you'll slide away. Too many people think that Satan is just like some, you know, force. He's kind of like the bad Yoda. No, he's a real enemy. He's a person. He's a fallen angel. The Apostle John in 1 John chapter 5 reminds the whole world is under the control of the evil one. It doesn't mean that God isn't sovereign. It means that's how powerful your enemy is. Now in saying that, when he fell, he took with him one-third of the host of heaven, Scripture tells us. He's got some resources with which to fight. He absolutely can come against you whenever he chooses. God didn't create Satan as an evil being. He became an evil being for the same reason that you can choose whether you want to serve the Lord or not. For love to be real, it must be volitional. No one can force you to love. If they force you to love, then you don't actually love. You're just being forced into a position. And so the angels of heaven being created beings also given free will. Satan said, I'll use my free will to oppose you, God. And in doing so, God allows him to exist. Why? We may never know. But he is the God of this age. And if you can't see that, you, you don't know the world very well. He's the root of all sin. Behind every sinful behavior, every sinful action, every sinful word, every sinful thought, is someone who literally opposes you. He says, look, I'll, I'll just put my two cents in here. And in that sense, that's what makes him the God of this age, the God of this world. He has ideals, he has goals, he has opinions, he has hopes, he has views, and there's a lot of people that agree with him. You can see it. There's no explanation for what happened in Roseburg, Oregon, apart from Satan stimulating somebody to do something that's horrific. There's no explanation for all the violence that's happened in our country apart from someone behind the scenes. No one in their right mind goes out and harms other people because it's fun. The enemy's tweaking and twisting. He's making you think, me think, us think. He's making people groups. He's offering this idea, say, look, you've been oppressed, right? Well, you know what the best thing you can do when that happens? Go harm somebody else. That's not from God. God said, do good to those who spitefully use you and hurt you. That's what Jesus said. He didn't say, go get even. He didn't say, if they thump you, thump them back. In fact, he said, turn the other cheek. If they insult you, and you turn your other cheek. You see, you can see the enemy twisting and tweaking behind the scenes going, you know what? Yeah, that's right. Let's go respond to hate with more hate. That'll fix it. It hasn't fixed it, folks, has it? Am I missing something? It hasn't fixed it. Love conquers hate. 
Hate will never conquer hate. It can't do it. It's not possible. Satan is limited. And we are not under his rule as the child of God, but we are in the battle where he is raging. Don't forget that. Those weird, bizarre thoughts that you have that you don't know where they come from, you actually do know where they come from. They come from Him. When people say, well, I don't know why I thought that, I can tell you why you thought that usually. It's inspired by the enemy. If it's not of God, it's got to come from somewhere else. Because God is good all the time, amen? Amen. Now, I don't know, you know... why doesn't God just destroy Satan? You ever thought that one? That's one of my biggies. I get asked that all the time. And I believe it boils down to something very simple. God's sovereign plan includes mankind's own ability to choose this day whom they will serve. And if he gives no option, if he just simply eliminates every option except for himself, then he's actually forced you to love him. So he allows you to choose this day whom you're going to serve. That's the choice that you have to make. That's a choice every human has to make. Will you love me? That's the cry of the cross, isn't it? He said, I love you this much, will you love me back? Not, I've only given you one option. And so in that sense, I believe that God allows very restricted ability for Satan to do his bidding. Never taking his sovereign control off the situation, but allowing even at times access to heaven itself quarantining that evil, so to speak. God knows what he's doing. We may not be able to explain it. I may not be able to give you uh, a sufficient explanation. But I can tell you this. God, if he's sovereign, there are only two options for every action in the universe. Either God caused it or God allowed it. Otherwise, he's not sovereign. It's simple. Don't make it more complex than it is. God's not the author of evil. Scripture declares that. So what Satan does, Satan does because he does it. God in that Romans 8.28 fashion says, I work together all things for the good for those that love God. And are they called according to his purposes? So God can even in that sense, as he's allowing this time that we know is the age of grace to unfold, he's simply saying, you really love me when you have something to choose. Don't choose that. It's not wise. We can't call into question God's sovereign plans. We can't call his sovereign purposes into question. And we must also know that Satan is on a very, very, very short leash. His days are numbered, amen? One day he's going where he belongs. There is a bottomless pit prepared for him and all of his minions. And one day the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is going to peek his head through the heavens and say, it's time to come home. Amen? Amen.
How long will God allow this to continue? I don't believe it's much longer. One day it's all going to be over. Death has been defeated. That sting is gone because of the cross of Christ. You see, these why questions are answered in the amazing grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Satan is no equal to Jesus. Matter of fact, he's a defeated foe. He has a limited time in which he's going to be allowed to do the things he's currently doing, including things like accessing this world. God knows where he is all the time. And Satan does not have the capacity that God has. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He doesn't know all things. He has not all power, nor can he be everywhere at once. Only God has that power. But Satan is a real enemy, family of God. Don't be deceived into thinking that he's some cartoon character. He's not compared to a raging lion because he's fangless. He has plenty of teeth. He's got lots of weapons. But for us who have named the name of Christ, all of the powers arrayed from the pit of hell can't stand against a single drop of the blood of Jesus Christ. So you need not worry in that regard. But you do need to be aware because he is going to attack you. He's going to come after your children, he's going to come after you personally. He's going to attack this church and every other church that preaches Christ crucified as the only method of salvation that mankind has, the only hope. He's going, to, he's going to attack us. He's going to attack marriage as defined in the Bible. He's going to attack human relationships. He's going to attack us for our stance on virtually everything. When we align with Christ, we align ourselves against the enemy. It's that simple. You can't see that in our world. You need to just look a little deeper. I have to tell you, one of my least favorite holidays is, is what we call Halloween. It's the, it's the holiday when the world literally glorifies evil. People, oh, well, it's not real. Oh, yeah? If those movies that are out right now aren't satanic, I don't know where they came from. They're from the pit of hell. And you shouldn't be watching them. Don't, don't give them your money that came from God. People are getting all tweaked at me right now. Some of you. It's okay. I don't care. I'm old. I'm going to heaven soon. I, I remember back in the 50s when it was about giant ants. Bring back the giant ants. Because I hate ants. Ah, it's just, that's the enemy, folks. And he's real. And it captivates. You ever notice how those things captivate people's hearts and minds? And they make millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars? That's got to be Satan at work. The strife, the murder, every rape, every child molestation, 
every evil, harsh word, every war, there's a commander of those forces. He's real. Don't underestimate him. Don't underestimate him. It's at your peril. Those deceptive strategies are still working. Now having said all that, greater is he who's in you. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in this world. The God of this age has nothing on God's people. The least of you is sufficient to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because the power that now works in you works in you unto salvation. Amen? Amen. Satan can't go there. He's lost. So don't buy into this thing, well, I just better give up because, you know, I just can't win this fight. You've already won the fight in Christ Jesus. You fight from victory, not for victory. But know that you have a real enemy, so fight hard. Fight hard. Press on. That glorious high calling that comes for each of us as he finds us in Christ Jesus, what a day that will be. Amen? Come home, dear beloved. The trumpet sounds. and We go home to be with our Lord. And Satan finally gets his due. I got front row seats for that. And if you're in Christ this morning, so do you. We'll be all gathered around the bottomless pit going, you talk about an event worthy of seeing. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we just say thank you for who we are in Christ, Lord, we ask that you would steal us with great resolve, with tremendous power. Lord, place upon us your Holy Spirit. God, we need your help to stand in these last days, Lord. Help us to know the wiles of our enemy. Help us to never cave in. Father, I want to pray if there's anyone here this morning, maybe they came in and they do not know you. That power of God is not available yet to them because they haven't received and believed. Lord, we pray that today would be the day of salvation. We bless you, Lord, that that victory has been won. The cross has conquered the enemy. The blood of Jesus Christ truly does cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, God, we praise you. Help us to be wise. Help us to fight hard. Help us to have done all to stand in these evil days. We love you. We praise you. We bless you. And God's people all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.